Welcome to a college football edition of the Bull Take Podcast. I'm Austin Wader. With me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Austin Hill. Now, I know what you're thinking. Austin, why, why are we doing a college football episode right now? It makes no sense. Why? why we're, in, we? we're in May and about to go into June. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. Because two big things happened within the last couple of days. Absolutely. That, that if we didn't talk about it, I think... Y'all would be shocked. Be so criminal. Uh, one of them involves a new rule change coming, and the other um, involves two very iconic men. But before we go into that, NBA episode came out yesterday. Go give it a listen. We talk about the Game 7s from this week, but also do a fun little new new thing with the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals MVPs, looking at the past from those. Go give that a listen. Was the man across from me's very smart idea? Go give it a listen. Uh, just like last week, stop listening to this one. Go listen no, to it now, and then come back. Don't just just come back to this one after that. But enough about that. We're gonna dive into this. So, in case you have been living under a rock for the last couple of days, you may have missed what happened between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Now I know what you're thinking. Now we talk about Jimbo Fisher. You know, A&M has had some really good recruiting classes over the past couple of years. Uh, I think it's like second year in a row they had like number one recruiting class, or like top five. And, you know, you don't think about A&M doing that. And you're like, yeah. well, Jimbo Fisher's doing a good job. But that is not what Nick Saban th- yeah. thought, according to what he said the other night. Uh, I forget. It was uh, some talk show in like Birmingham. I don't remember exactly what it was. But basically he came up and said, Quote, we were second in recruiting last year. AM was first. AM bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. We did not buy one player. And I'm not done with that. Besides AM, he also talked about Jackson State and Deion Sanders and how they bought the services of uh, a recruit they got last year, where he says, quote, that they paid him a million dollars in the NIL deal and no one said anything about it. So, Nick Saban coming out making some very bold accusations, Austin. Uh, yes. Um, I don't think he was wrong with what he said. I don't know that A&M would have the classes they've had the last couple of years if it hadn't been for the NIL, which I think is great for the yes. athletes. Um, I do think this needs the, opens a door to a talk that the NCAA needs to regulate this somehow. I think that... It is being abused. We saw with Jordan Addison leaving Pitt to go to USC. That was basically a bidding war. Pretty much. Who could get the most money to get the a guy who was voted the best receiver in college football last year to come play for them? Hey, maybe, um, maybe future Sealer. You know? Yeah, so we'll we'll see um, what the NCAA does. But I don't think Saban was wrong about what he was saying. I think that what he was saying actually pretty valid points. My issue is... Takes one to know one. Yeah. Um, this isn't the right person to be saying this. This is not a guy who I can say for sure wasn't paying guys before it was okay to pay guys. And whether he wants to say he bought guys or not, there's no way there aren't great NIL deals for playing for Bama. Yeah. And also, let me say this um, coaches have been paying for recruits since the 80s. Even whenever SMU got the death penalty and it seemed like everything was quiet, they were still doing it. Still doing it, and I am willing to bet that when he got hired at Bama in 2007, you got to remember, Bama before that 
was terrible for Bad. like this from like the late nineties to, to 2006, they were not good in football. And I met her then you're like, man, Nick Saban is just such a good coach. He got those players there. How do you think he got the pl- original players there? Yeah. I'm telling you, I think the early years he might've done it. And then once they won like two, three national championships, he, he, yeah, he, he didn't have to do it anymore. It just like, you want to come win a national title? You want to come be a first round pick? Come play for me. And it's a lot easier now. But so I agree with you. I'm not saying he does it now because he doesn't need to do it now. Yeah. But I am not saying Nick Saban's an innocent man either. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think it's coming from the right person. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you know, Nick Saban said that. And, you know, you wonder. It's like, those are very strong. I wonder if there's going to be responses. Now, Deion Sanders had a short response saying, basically, sum it up saying that's a lie. Not true. We can prove it. And not much really was said besides that. The main response was by a man named Jimbo Fisher in about a what five-minute rant. I tried to find as much as I could from it. Uh, but here's something I found from a football show I watch for the late Josh. I forget what his last name is. The, but he's on Twitter, and he said, basically, referred to Nick Saban. The amount of times Jimbo Fisher referred to Nick Saban as, quote, Many different things during the argument. He called him a god twice during it. Called him despicable six times. And the one that really got attention, called him a narcissist once. Wow. That was during the first three minutes of the press conference. And then some of the uh, the other stuff I found on it, uh, calling us despicable, taking shot to 17-year-old kids. When Saban doesn't get his way or things don't go his way, Go dig into Nick Saban's past. It's despicable. It's personal to us. And I know the guy really well. And also, reportedly, Nick Saban tried to call him. And Jimbo declined his call saying, I didn't take it. We're done. He's the greatest ever? Question With a question mark. When, when you have all the advantages, it is easy. And so, you know, I would go into more detail on some of that. But, I mean, we'd be here talking for 10 minutes about what like going on reading that for 10 minutes. So that's what I'm going to read from it. I think the first part where I said all the words he said in the first three minutes sums it up itself. So what do you think about Jimbo's uh, thoughts here? Um, I've never really had a lot of respect for Jimbo Fisher. Um, And I think this stunt is another one that crosses the line. Um, I think that it was wrong one for Saban to say anything about anybody doing anything because I, I don't – we can't just sit and pretend like Nick Saban is clean. But also, taking specific shots at people, you know, that's kind of like an unwritten rule. You don't do stuff like that. You know, especially with a guy that, you know, for you formerly worked with. This guy's one of your assistants uh, from from the past. So, you feel like, you know, if there's anybody you're not going to throw shots at, you know, it's almost like saying Ole Miss or, uh, you know, Georgia. You know, mm-hmm. former guys that worked for him. So, it, you know, it, it. I'm sure Jimbo felt a, it was a little bit more personal. But you don't call a press conference to say, that hurt my feelings, and then go on a rant and basically do a worse version of what he did. Try, try to do a worse version. Like, it, he yeah. made it just a bunch of uh, a personal attack on Nick Saban. That is incredibly unprofessional. And why, why would you do that? It looks dumb. It looks unprofessional. It looks childish. And to me, you just gave Nick Saban all the fuel to the fire to beat you by 50 points like he was already going to. 
Um, I, I don't think Jim Jimbo Fisher's a good coach, and I, I, I just don't think this this helps at all. You know, I'm just gonna say it speaks for himself. You know, number like top ten recruiting classes at A and M all the time. When when his best year, he like had nine, maybe ten wins, yeah. and then last year he had like number one recruiting class, eight wins. You know, so you know I don't really have as much respect for him either. Because of number one, because of some of the stuff he did at Florida State, the way yeah. he left Florida State is another reason I didn't like him. That's a whole nother thing. Basically, taking the money and run, as the the great song goes. <laughs> but you know, this I agree with you. This is just childish. He could have responded if he would. He I had a feeling he would call a press conference. He would share his uh, opinion and you know say what he thought. But I did not think I would hear the word narcissist come out of his mouth during the yeah. press conference or call him a czar of college football. That's another thing I didn't get to say from it. Also calling him despicable the amount of times. I mean, listen, I get you want to defend the university and, and all that. That's fine. But you, like you said, this seemed like he felt it was personal and was going after him. Yeah. And this wasn't about the University of Texas A&M against the University of Alabama. This was Jimbo Fisher versus Nick Saban. Pretty much. So, and you know, you got to wonder, maybe these are feelings that Jimbo's been hiding for the past couple of yeah. years since he left uh, his staff to go be, become a head coach at other places. You got to wonder if he's been feeling that. And, you know, we talked about it in the some of the things I said about go look into Nick Saban's past and you'll find out who he really is. It makes you wonder what those incidents were. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. You know, I've always, you know, listen, I've never liked Nick Saban, but I've always respected him because he's he's got he's got the rings to prove it. He's got yeah. the stats and to show it. And as Jimbo Fisher knows, whether he wants to say he's fielded these teams illegally or not, fielding good recruiting classes doesn't result in championships. That's where good coaching comes in. That's where Jimbo and Nick Saban very, very differently. Yeah. Um one guy, both guys get good recruiting classes. One guy wins natties and is a contender every year, and the other guy sits in the middle of the pack in the SEC. Exactly. Every year. So, but but back to what we were saying about some of those. We talking yeah. about go look in the past. You gotta wonder if the NCAA hears this and maybe looks back into some of that. Yeah. If I'm, I don't, if I'm somebody, that's raising red flags for me. If I'm somebody important here, uh, you know what what is going on here? Is this just talk? Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying Nick Saban did anything. Yeah. I'm not saying he didn't do anything. I'm just saying that's very strong accusations by Jimbo. Absolutely. And if he feels they're true, he should claim his reports to the NCAA, have them take it. Now, at the same time, you can't blame Bama or you can't punish Bama for doing that because number one, Jimbo wasn't on the staff whenever they were at Bama. But and also, none of this stuff happened when Nick Saban was at Bama, probably, or yeah. was in like the uh, late portions of it. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. I just remember, you know, I was out playing, I was playing disc golf yesterday. I didn't bother. I didn't check my phone. Then afterwards, and I just check in at the amount of stuff I see about it. Just, it, it just throws red flags for me. And also, uh, in, in case you did not know this, I didn't know if you knew this or not. There's actually an SEC meeting coming up. With the coaches, uh, I think it's like within a month or two from now. Wow. That that's gained a lot of momentum. Yeah, that's <laughs> that, going to be an interesting thing to yeah, hear I, about. I forget the exact date of it, but 
coaches are expected to be there from all the schools. So that, that might be must see TV who, who knows, or they'll put on the whole fake apology thing and pretend to be friends. But I think it's safe to say some feelings were hurt from this argument. Yeah. If that wasn't apparent, (laughs) boy. Yeah. So that's it for that. You know, who knows? More might come out in the next few days. Of course, Nick Saban tried to call and apologize and say he did not try to make it about A&M or Jackson State. He was just claiming the reports, but still. And he, yes, he did go public and say, you know, I, it was wrong for me to say what I said, to call out these specific universities. Yeah. But, you know, he still, he, he even said, I still think my claims are yeah. valid. I stand by my claims. Yeah. I'm. But it's not what it's not the way people. Yeah, he said I shouldn't have gone about it the way I did, but should... I don't think I'm wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, you never know what's going to transpire with that in the next couple of weeks. Like yeah. you said, A and M comes to Bama. I think they said October eighth, and you know, I mean, number one, this happens that adds fuel to the fire. Number two, A and M beat them last year. People forget about that. One yeah. of the bigger upsets of the year in a game that I was like, why would they put that on CBS at eight o'clock? It makes no sense for that to be on that when it's going to be a blowout and turned out to be one of the best games of the year. It was. So, you know, I mean, Nick Jimbo, you were just adding fuel to the fire for Nick. Like you said, for Nick to beat him by like 50 plus because, uh, Alabama, in case you not know, had the Heisman trophy winner at QB and he's coming back next year. Mm, Good, good luck, Jimbo. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say, and we're going to move on to the other topic that happened. This one happened, uh, I think, a couple of days before or, like, right before the Nick Saban stuff happened. And, you know, while it may not seem like a big deal to some people, it's a major deal. Big deal to me. I actually was excited to get ready to talk about this because this has so many big implications for college football. I think this is going to be a great thing for college football. Exactly. So, enough about the waiting to sum up, basically, the NCAA's Division I Council has relaxed the restrictions for conference championship games, allowing conferences to determine their championship game participants with or without divisions. So, you know, I'll, I'll let you give your, like, first thoughts on it right now. Because like, yeah. like you just said, you're very excited um, about it. You know, this, this is a big thing because uh, my biggest example is going to be the Big Ten. The Big Ten is split into East and West, and by being split by East and West, Michigan and Ohio State are in the same division. So they can never meet in the Big Ten Championship, even when, like last year, they had the best records in the Big Ten. Um, it's always winner of the best team in the East, best team in the West in the championship. The divisions used to have a different name, but uh, same goes. Same thing in the SEC, best in the East, best in the West. Now, in the SEC, without divisions, still would have been the same championship exactly. matchup this year. But in the Big Ten, it would have been Ohio State, Michigan, and it helps validate some claims here. I, I like this because one, if you're the Big Ten, you want Michigan, Ohio <laughs> exactly. State as your as your Big Ten championship. If they're the two best teams, you don't want they. I'm sure they would have much rather that than Iowa. Yeah, or the year before that with Ohio State Northwestern as well. So I I think, you know, this is big, but not just for conferences. This is going to help clarify the college football playoff, and we can stop hearing this dumb argument about not making. Perfect example, Texas A&M two years ago. They get 
absolutely slaughtered by Alabama in the regular season. They don't make the SEC championship because of that loss to Alabama. They are, I believe they were number two in the West that year because of it. And so it's Georgia, Bama. If there had been no divisions, it would have been Bama and M again. But because there are divisions, it was Bama, Georgia. Or Florida. I don't remember who made it to you. I think it was I Florida. Think, yeah, it was, it was Florida. Florida. Um, they play, and Bama wins the SEC championship, and they end up being the one seed in the college football playoff. Notre Dame, as an independent who goes undefeated, takes the four after I don't remember who the other teams were, but obviously the only spot for a second SEC team is going to be the four seed. Yeah, obviously. Um, so, AM fans quickly go out. Oh, duh, 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 duh. we didn't get to go to the championship, so we didn't get a chance to prove ourselves. This and that and the other. Well, your only matchup with Alabama, you got slaughtered and unlike Notre Dame who just doesn't have a conference championship because they're not in one you didn't make yours because you did not meet the requirements you know actually I think that was the year Notre Dame was in the ACC and played Clemson yes we did we actually did represent the ACC and we and so that that was you're right that was the argument Notre because Notre Dame had played in a championship game um, and was the best team in the ACC yeah. record-wise. But I was about to say, that's why I'm going to give y'all benefit out because, I mean, Bama and A&M, you could say they could meet. Bama destroyed A&M in the regular season. Notre Dame and Clemson played really close game. Notre Dame ended up beating Clemson. Second time they played, Clemson got the win. They at least split head-to-head. Yeah. If Bama and A&M played again in the SEC championship, there's no doubt in my mind Bama would have destroyed them again. Absolutely. So, But you, you were saying what you're and- pointing yeah. Just really what happened is the committee knows nobody wants to see Bama A&M again. We saw that story, and it wasn't it wasn't pretty. It mm-hmm. just was bad. So the big thing that this eliminates is teams being able to say, we were better. We were better than this team, and we should have been in our conference championship. If you reduce divisions and the best two teams, no matter what, can make it, you can't argue anymore that we should have been there and it would be different if we had been in the conference championship because now anybody can make it. Nothing's holding you back except your own performance. Exactly. And, you know, let's start with one team that's already announced they're implementing that, and that's the Pac-12. They've already announced that they are eliminating divisions and are just going to have the championship feature the two teams with the highest conference winning percentage. Again, that's a really big one for the Pac-12 because, I mean, that's really – a three, sometimes a four-team league. You got USC, Oregon. That's mainly the top two. Utah's rising up there for maybe a third. Washington, sometimes. Stanford, sometimes, though not in recent years. UCLA, sometimes. Exactly. So, But this really helps because Utah and USC are on the same side. And it looks like USC is going to be on the rise for the next couple of years. And Utah has been in the Pac-12 championship the last exactly. couple of years. Um, but Oregon is basically on a side by themselves when they've been in, they, except the one time Washington went to the college football playoff, like years ago, uh, you know, it's really been Oregon winning, go or winning that side of the pack yeah. and going to the championship every year. And so this uh, allows a little more competition. Oregon doesn't have what's almost felt like a guaranteed berth in the pack 12 championship every year. Yeah. So 
that's in being implemented. But, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about some of the bigger ones that we can talk about. Let's start with one that's already kind of doing that, and that's the Big 12. Uh, obviously, new faces coming into the league of a team that, number one, should be technically the Big 10 if you're going by numbers. Yeah. Uh, but they added UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, and well, I can't think of third. BYU, that's the other one. But that puts them at 14 now. And then a- Oklahoma and Texas leave in a couple of years to go to the SEC, which puts them back at 12. I mean, it's an interesting situation with the Big 12. Do you think they should stick to this kind of formula as well? Um, I think that the only reason the Big 12 would have changed was – or the Big 12 would have changed would be to meet those guidelines they would have only added. I th- feel like they would have only added divisions just to – had because they would have had yeah um now that that's not the case uh that's been a big advertisement for them in basketball and in football is that their two best teams make it to the championship no matter what in basketball it's everybody plays everybody in football it's it doesn't matter who our best teams make it and that's their big selling point yeah um you know in their commercials and their advertisements it's we don't you know we take our two best every year and so for that, I think that, you know, that's going to be a big claim, especially when I feel like we're going to see more and more conferences start to fall into that category. Um, so I don't think that there's going to be any change in the Big 12, especially now that they don't have to. Yeah, obviously. And, you know, that could make things really interesting when Oklahoma and Texas do leave to the SEC. Because it'll be free game. Yeah, right? it'll be free game for several teams. I mean, when you think of the Big 12, who are the first two teams that pop in your head? Those two now they're going to the SEC. That Big 12 is wide open for anyone. And just think of all the unique matchups you could get with that. You yeah. know, you could get UCF to play Iowa State in the game. I mean, who would have thought that would have been a Big 12 championship yeah. several years ago? So it would be very interesting. But, you know, speaking of Oklahoma and Texas, let, let's go to the SEC. You know, we had this discussion whenever Oklahoma and Texas announced they were coming to the SEC was that's way too many teams for two divisions. Now you have this many and you wonder that new system could make a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the big issue the SEC would really have is with Oklahoma and Texas coming over, for the East-West um, divisions to work, you would need to move to the two most easternmost teams in the West to the East so that A&M and Texas could join the West because that's the only place they fit. Um, and that complicates more things, and you're – with moving two teams from the west to the east, you're already going to have to change up schedules. So I think the big thing would be for the SEC, either get ahead of it now or when that you know um, uh, that conversion happens for Oklahoma and Texas, the divisions will be gone. Exactly. I think now that the divisions are not there, they'll be gone eventually. I don't know that we'll see them right away because it's not important uh, for the SEC because it it does change things, but it it changes things more when Texas and uh, Oklahoma get there. Yeah. So I think we might see them hold off till they add their new teams, but I, I definitely see this on the horizon. And let's SEC. clarify something. The past few years, the SEC has gotten the two best teams yes. into it. The past couple of years, you know, listen, I don't hear you say Bama, Georgia were the top two teams in the SEC this past year. You can't can change my no, mind on no. that. Last year, Bama A&M, I could maybe see that argument. The year before that, LSU and Georgia, no argument. The years before that, Bama, Georgia, no argument. Bama, Georgia, no argument. So I 100% agree with you. I think they could keep it for right now, but when Texas and Oklahoma come into the SEC, I would not be surprised to see them scrap. You know, they've they've made the thing about 
pods for it, which just seems super weird to me. Yeah. Like, how would you even figure it out? Especially because the way it seems, they make it sound like there's going to be multiple different pods, as in like three or four of them. Yeah. How would you even pick a conference championship representative if you did that? So, yeah. Um, I really don't know what to think about that, but I 100% agree with you uh, on that for the SEC. And so the last one I think we'll really get into because we kind of discussed some of the major ones mainly. And you also mentioned the Big Ten. We kind of don't need to really. Yeah, the Big Ten's probably going to drop yeah. this as soon as possible. Exactly. Just to, so, just to get it. I think they'll be the next yeah. team. Uh, so let's talk about really the last Power Five conference, which is the ACC, which it's interesting because, I mean, we made the joke for like the past couple of years with it being the, <laughs> the all Clemson conference. But this year, we saw just what happens when some of those teams can step up. We had a Pitt versus Wake Forest ACC championship. We did. And I loved every minute of it, especially the fake slide by Kenny Pickett. The that they instantly banned. banned so. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I wonder with the ACC what their plan could be for this, for this new rule. Do they stick with it? Because Clemson has shown they've been a superior team for the years to come. But at the same time, we saw this past year what the ACC could do uh, with some of their other teams. Uh, yeah, I think it might be a feeling out process. I think they might. They'll probably at least this season go with the current uh, setup. But I think if you see a lot more of this Clemson, Virginia stuff that's been going on, they might change it up because NC State, Clemson, uh, Florida State are all on the same side. Um, And Wake Forest is also over there. And with Wake Forest having a good year last year, Florida State may be back on the rise. Um, Not not really, but maybe. it's an improvement, but not really an improvement yeah. for them this past year. Um, so if those teams on that on that Clemson side constantly start becoming you know better than the teams on the other side, I think they might look to get rid of divisions. But for now, when Pitt and Wake Forest were easily the best two teams, I, I think for now they're going to stay where they are and uh, just kind of, like I said, yeah. feel it out. And, you know, like, that's the great thing about this because with this rule, it's not saying you've got to either keep them or not. You have the option. And you – so let's say it's like that. With Clemson dominating for the next two years, they could decide, hey, we need to provide a better product. We want to see, you know, Clemson, Florida State. State. Or Clemson, Florida State. Clemson, yeah. NC State. Something like that. These guys have been stepping up on this side, but, you know, Clemson's the top dog. They can't even win their side. So, you know – Let's see what would happen if we threw these guys in because Virginia, Virginia Tech, um, Pitt, these guys aren't cutting it right now. Yeah. So maybe change it up. Especially, like I said, if you see some of these teams on the other side start finishing higher by a good amount than the best team exactly. in the other side. Yeah. So, but one more thing we're going to talk about and then we're going to close it. You talked about the impact this could have on the playoff and the future. We have already voiced our opinion. We think the playoffs should expand. We have said that so many times. Uh, how do you really think this could help maybe lead to that point of we need more for the playoff? Um, I think this might come down when you see now conferences. Like, let's let's pan it back to two years ago again okay. with A&M and Georgia and Bama. Um, say you switch up. And but we're we'll say that there's no divisions, so it would have been right. Bama. No divisions. Bama A and M had met in the championship, and we'll say for the sake of it, Bama had won or A and M wins the game. Okay, makes college football playoff picture very interesting. And 
now Georgia is saying, well, we had a good record too. We feel like we would have been championship contenders. This playoff will need to expand because even though I think this is going to solve a lot of problems with people saying we should have made it, it's also going to have people saying, well, you know, we were still good. We just weren't good enough, like Georgia could have said. Um, and so this is going to lead to an expansion, I think. One, I, I think it's already destined because we're seeing teams, you know, who win their conference championships not making it because two SEC teams get exactly. it. Um, or, you know, I, even it's, you know, Power 5. Even if two SEC teams hadn't made it this year, two Power 5 schools wouldn't have made it because of Cincinnati. Um, so it really comes down to expansion to help get your best teams in there. But also you're going to have – People want that Cinderella story. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to throw in guys who made their conference championship, especially now that we know the best teams are going to be in the conference championships, I think it leads to an expansion where we can see some teams that made their conference championships and were just that close. Um, you know, maybe like a – I don't think Wake Forest or Pitt should have been in there. No, but, but – You know, yeah. they were both – good teams with an expanded playoff, you know, you could could have seen them both in because of how well they both played in that conference championship. So I think this really could help for expansion just because we could really see, you know, the two best teams do get it out in every conference, and we could see some closer conference championship games that make the, you know, the committee decide, hey, you know, we want to see, uh, you know, more teams from more conferences, and we want to see more representation because – the fans want it. It's exactly. just about when is the NCAA going to give the people what they want. Yeah, that was, that was my main thinking on was, number one, it could get better conference championships and make the whole selection Sunday for it, which is, you know, already built up a lot, yeah. even more interesting because, you know, the way I see it, if you do have the top two teams, that could also answer a lot of questions for the polls. Like, say, for this is just hypothetical, say – it's Clemson and Florida State are the two top teams. They faced earlier in the year, and one team got blown out. But they still both go undefeated, facing the conference championship, and you can really decide who the better team. And say Clemson won the regular season, Florida State won the ACC title. Then you could have a whole argument there for either side and make it really more interesting yeah, topic and overall. And again, that helps with the expansion overall because it's like, hey, they showed they're pretty equal. We got to bring them in as well. So yeah, we got to get both of them out here. And I, yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, this is going to push the boundaries of how far can four teams really go with, you know, the best teams playing in the biggest spotlights at the end of the season. Exactly. But that is going to do it for this episode. I mean, this, this was a good episode. Yeah, I think it was like pretty good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Uh, next week. We're not 100% sure what our plan is. It will kind of depend on how the NBA playoffs work out. And anything interesting. And anything interesting. You never know. So uh, we'll work that out. We'll make sure and share it with you. maybe we might bring you, you know, if we really feel like it might bring you a little, uh, you know, Marvel TV show. We've been we've been teasing that. You mm-hmm. know? Yes, we've we have. We've been teasing some other we things. We have been teasing several other things. That is all coming here very soon. It could be next week. You don't know. And guess what? We're not going to tell you. You just have to listen to find out. But that's going to be it for this episode. That is Austin Hill. I am Austin Waiter. And we want to thank you for listening.